Late Night Anger Management Class. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Berenci, the pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people that bust them, and everybody else in between, including Joe Lisi, who already uh, checked in uh, with us, and Ian Cameron. Babano, who is not. Babano's going to step up and in a kick with us. We're going to talk more football with Babano. We've talked a lot of college football. And listen, we've talked uh, you know, NFL as well, as the, the New York Jets have uh, sabotaged their chances of getting a generational quarterback. And Trevor Lawrence now mathematically, statistically, have a 31% chance, uh, gang green, 31% chance. If the Jets lose out and the Jaguars lose out, the Jaguars get the number one pick. And I'd like to know, I wish, I wish I could, like, right, you know, we could read Trevor Lawrence's mind. I'd like to know whether he's happy right now. He could be. He could be very happy. If you look, listen, man, the Jacksonville Jaguars, they've got some skill position players. The Robinson kid is lighting it up. DJ Chark is a stud. Like, they, you know, if you look at the Jags this year, they've actually moved the football. You know, they're completely rebuilt on defense. Remember, the Jags hung their hat on defense when they went to the AFC Conference Championship game and, and played Bortles as their quarterback. But they had a stacked defense, right? And everybody's gone from that defense. So they're retooling on defense. Their offense doesn't really suck. You know, so you throw Trevor Lawrence in there and their offense is going to be pretty much instantly better. Put it this way. Like Trevor Lawrence is an upgrade to any quarterback they have right now. Is he better than um, is he is he better than Mike Glennon? Yes. Is he better than Jake Luton? Yes. Is he better than Gardner Minshew? Yes. So in other words, he's an upgrade. Okay. Whether he's like the all-time greatest quarterback of all time ever, he's an upgrade. But only somehow the New York Jets, who really, like New York Jet fans, I sympathize for them. I do. But as a Buffalo Bill fan, I, you know what? I, we dodged a bullet. I mean, I think Trevor Lawrence probably is the real deal. I don't know if this guy's going to win three Super Bowls. It's pretty crazy. Number one, t- number one overall picks as quarterbacks. There's not a lot of, like, Super Bowl champs and great stories and stuff. There's a few. There's a few. But... Um, but nevertheless, if you're the New York Jets, like basically, and Justin Fields isn't all that, man. And Zach Wilson's good, but what's the use of throwing Sam Darnold on the bus for Zach Wilson? So it looks like the Jets' status quo remains. As far as the Rams are concerned, well, whatever. The Rams play up and down to the level of competition all the time. Bad loss for the Rams. Now they're in a big-ass game against Seattle. We'll check in with the NFL numbers in the playoff picture. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. As long as you can remember, there's only ever been one thing in your life that's been there for you. It's meant memories, family, friends. And yeah, we'll say it. Fun. Welcome to your home for talking sports. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Rageaholic! <laughs> I just can't live without Rageahol! <laughs> Late night anger management class, I am Renzi. Shout out to all of our radio affiliates and everybody uh, tuning in in the late night to hours. We appreciate it. The insomniacs and degenerate gamblers, the hardcore rageaholics, uh, great stuff. We appreciate uh, the support. Um, and don't forget, we are um, we are launching on Sirius XM satellite radio. We will still be heard on these same radio stations that you're tuning in right now. 
there'll be no difference to anything besides we're adding. We're just adding. So if you're like, oh, no, we're not leaving anywhere. We're just adding. The uh, the empire grows. The platform grows. And, of course, uh, we were on Sirius uh, XM for many years in the past. We've had a couple of stints over there. So uh, it's you know, we're, we're turning back to our roots and uh, sport the uh, the evolution of the Rage-Illusion continues, uh, as we say. All right. Uh, so uh, we've got... Um, we got NFL football. We've talked about, you know, what happened, whatever, and live in the past. Who cares what happened today? But uh, the Browns get it done this evening. Giants, what they, we'll just blast through it. The Giants, I don't know why the Giants, like, were screwing around early. I don't know. The Giants went for a fake field goal early. Just take the damn points, man. And then they went for it another time on fourth and two, and they could have kicked a field goal. And they have a decent kicker as well. And it changed the complexion of the game. Like, they could have been down, like, 13-9. It would have been different. You know what I mean? But they kept going for it. And it's like, why? Your offense sucks. Like, why are you doing this? <laughs> like, you have a good defense. Cleveland's not running away with anything. Just keep on kicking the threes, man. You know what, though? We got lucky with the late field goal because we had the Giants on a sweetheart teaser as well. We did pretty well today, actually. I think it was, like, 21-7 and seven or 21-8 and eight or something like that. 22-8, and eight, uh, whatever it was. We did well with the props today. Uh, Bears big win. Bears are back in the playoff picture right now. Probably too little, too short, a little late, but Trubisky uh, got it done. I tell you, the Titans to the over, guys. Yeah, Titans to the over. It's just, it's, you know, every damn week, man, their games go over since Tannehill's been there. Uh, but let's check in with the playoff picture. You already know what the scores were today. Let's get you the playoff picture. And if the playoff started today, and, you know, we're getting pretty close right now. We're getting pretty close the way things are playing out. So the Kansas City Chiefs are the one seed right now at uh, 13-1. The Steelers get the Bengals tomorrow. They should cover uh, that game. I hate these games with big spreads like this, though. Uh, the Dolphins. Uh, the, the Dolphins um, are the seventh seed right now. They would play the Pittsburgh Steelers. The Dolphins would play the Steelers at Pittsburgh. The Indianapolis Colts would be at Buffalo. That's no reward for the Buffalo Bills. And I tell you what, the Bills are damn dangerous. I think the Bills are the second best team in the AFC. But the Indianapolis Colts are a load to deal with. Man. Like, that's not a reward. You know, like, it's funny. The Bills were actually better off as the four seed, believe it or not. <laughs> but not really, because then, you know, they would have to play the Chiefs right away. So they avoid the Chiefs, at least in this situation. So they would host the Indianapolis Colts and the Cleveland Browns, who beat the Titans, of course. Uh, racked up a bunch of first-half points on them. The Browns and Titans would be a rematch. So the Chiefs bye week, Dolphins at Steelers, Colts at Bills, Browns at Titans. And don't forget, obviously now with the extra extra team making the playoffs and only one, one team gets the bye, not two teams get a bye now and home field advantage, it's going to be crazy. Wild card weekend really will be wild. I mean, like, that's what we'll, we'll tip our cap to Goodell for this. It's going to be off the hook. There's going to be six playoff games, three wild card games a day. It's going to be nuts. Uh, the Green Bay Packers, an interesting football team, uh, didn't play great the other night, but they got it done. Packers 11-3. and three, They've got the one seed right now. And they're kind of they're pretty much in control of this thing. The, you know, they're pretty much in control uh, of the um, – uh, of this, you know, they control their own destiny, obviously, but with tiebreakers and everything, the Packers are looking good for the one seed. So the Packers would be the one seed and get the first round by the Arizona Cardinals, who are now eight and six after two straight wins. They would be at New Orleans. 
a seven versus two matchup, a six versus three matchup would have the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at Seattle. Tampa Bay at Seattle. And the Los Angeles Rams lost today. They fall to the five seed and they would be at Washington, which would be a battle. <laughs> like, like Washington, you're seeing, man, Washington are no joke. Like Washington are a nasty team to play. They beat the Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, they give everyone else like all they can. Like Seattle are a good team, man. Look, Seattle nearly lost this game today. Haskins struggled early, but he started to come together as the game was going on. I think if they just let Haskins play, they screwed with him too much. Like that, I don't know what the deal is with this. Like they don't like him, and now he's playing by default. I knew this would happen. He would end up playing by default again somehow. So they don't like him. But the thing is, he's not that bad. And if they would just let him play and develop, he'd actually get better. But he plays, and he doesn't play poorly, and they take him out. We've seen this a couple of times. You know, they played Baltimore earlier in the year, and Baltimore were killing people, and um, he didn't play poorly. And then the next week, he didn't play. Like, you know what? He actually threw a couple of touchdowns. He made some plays. You know, they he's not prepared enough. That's like the big thing, the knock that they, behind the scenes, that he doesn't know the playbook enough, that he's not like he's done, he doesn't study hard enough. And they don't, they don't want to reward him because he doesn't study, right? One of those type of deals. So let's check in with the point spreads. We talked, we gave you all the college football point spreads for every bowl game. As far as the National Football League is concerned, Pittsburgh Steelers are 14 and a half point favorites against the Bengals. Total is 40. The New Orleans Saints. So this is the Christmas game. Christmas night, or 4.30, actually. So Christmas evening. Um, the Minnesota Vikings and the New Orleans Saints. New Orleans Saints, minus seven. Minnesota at New Orleans. Playoff rematch. Remember, they played last year in the playoffs. Minnesota beat them. Total is 51 and a half. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers, who aren't great, but they've got so much talent. Like, you watch the Bucs, and they're not in sync. Like, even today, they came back. They weren't in sync. We cashed some nice tickets with the Bucs today, though. Brady, we hit Tom Brady's prop in-game. Um, we took the Tampa Bay Buccaneers plus 9.5 in-game. We hit that. It was good. Uh, the Buccaneers lay 7.5 at Detroit. They lay 7.5 at Detroit, and the total is 54. Arizona are three-and-a-half-point favorites against San Francisco. Man, the odds makers in the book really respect the 49ers, don't they? Every week, the, the Niner lines are short. I mean, we're talking about a team that's lost to the Cowboys. Uh, now, you know, the three-and-a-half at Arizona, total is 50-and-a-half. The Miami Dolphins, the Miami Dolphins um, at the Las Vegas Raiders, Dolphins minus two-and-a-half, total 47-and-a-half. What the hell's the deal with this schedule? We got a bunch of games on weird days and stuff like that. Like, so we got the games on Christmas, but there's not a full slate the day after Christmas. Is that the deal? <laughs> I look, I'm looking at the sports book, so I don't look at the dates. I'm sort of like, I don't, I'm like, the dates throw me off. I got let me let me look at a scoreboard here. Let me look at a scoreboard to see the exact uh, the exact uh, times of these games. So. So we so Christmas Christmas is the Friday, all right. Christmas is Friday. So as we mentioned, four thirty Eastern, the Saints lay seven to the Vikings, and then Saturday is December twenty sixth. All right. So Saturday we've got a triple header here. 
One o'clock in the afternoon, the Buccaneers at the Lions, and then the 49ers follow at the Cardinals, and then uh, the nightcap. I knew the Dolphins and the Raiders were playing at night at some time. Um, so then they play. So we have three games, one game Friday, three games Saturday, unorthodox week in the National Football League. Dolphins at Raiders on Saturday night, the 26th, the day after Christmas. And then we get back on track uh, with the, um, we get back on track with the slate on Sunday. My Buffalo Bills, division winners, take on the New England Patriots on Monday night football. And Sunday night, we got a real good one. Titans and Packers, give me the over. Ian Cameron steps up and in. Bano. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. So many sports, so many memories, so many players, so many teams, so many great matchups, so many possibilities. Now, are you really going to pass all that up? This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Late night anger management class continues. I am Gable Morenci. Let's uh, kick the pigskin around a little bit uh, more. Let's bring in Ian Cameron. Babano stepping up. And it always a pleasure, Babano. How you doing tonight? Great to be with you, Morenci, as always. Uh, thanks, uh, Babano. So, uh, first things first, before we start looking forward, I'll ask you, how did you do? NFL Week 15, it was a strange card, I thought, all week. It was a strange day in the National Football League. How did you end up doing? Well, I wasn't in the best mood last Sunday with you. I'm in a much better mood today. It was a good day overall. Uh, really slanted my card toward totals today. A lot of those came through. The Jaguars and the Ravens over the total uh, came through. The Bears and the Vikings came through. My biggest play was the Eagles Cardinals over which uh, 46 points in the first half so that one uh, got there with a lot of ease uh, as well I had Texans plus the points so it was a good day overall uh, very interesting day obviously the Atlanta Falcons uh, look like they're going to put a huge dent in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers playoff hopes and sure enough that was the epitome of the Atlanta Falcons season Gabe wasn't it another blown lead Another collapse in the second half, and that's basically been the epitome of their season right there in that loss to Tampa Bay. Yeah, you know, Raheem Morris has done a nice job uh, with the Falcons, and you wonder what they're going to do with their head coaching position moving forward. But, you know, it's just one of these deals, isn't it, Babano? Like, you look at the Houston Texans, they still find ways to lose football games. And I know they've, they've got injuries, but they still find ways to lose football games, even without Bill O'Brien. And similar situation with the Falcons. People, oh, Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn, Dan Quinn's got to go. Well, Raheem Morris is there now, and they're still blowing leads. You know, maybe it's the players, not the coaches, but Bano. And it's been recurring not just uh, this season. It's been really since the Super Bowl years ago against New England. That's really what started this, this, this recurring theme for the Atlanta Falcons of just you know, just not having that confidence to make plays on either side of the football, trying to close out a game with a lead. And sure enough, it uh, hurt them again today. It was a vital win for Tampa Bay. The Arizona Cardinals got a massive win for their playoff hopes, especially with Chicago beating Minnesota today. There was a scenario where if Arizona lost to the Eagles, the Bears would have overtaken Arizona for that last wild card spot in the yeah. NFC. So uh, Arizona stays 
uh, on that seventh spot. But uh, the Bears certainly uh, have some life again, having found their offense. It's amazing that uh, Mitch Trubisky and the Bears' offense has come to life the last few weeks, and now their defense is the problem. Uh, such is life in the NFL where teams can change their uh, spots and just things change quickly. The Chicago Bears are still lingering. As you stated, if Arizona would have lost, suddenly the Bears uh, would have been in. Um, so, And the Bears get Jacksonville next week. And unlike the New York Jets, who just basically you know, blew Trevor Lawrence, um, the Jacksonville Jaguars are doing their best to lose football games, right? <laughs> like, thing is, we talk about this all the time in battle. Players don't try to lose, right? Players aren't tanking because players aren't going to tank so the team could get a, a draft pick, a better draft pick to replace them, right? Yeah, like they may Sam not even Darnold be on the knows. team next year, 100%, exactly. right? Yeah, like, so Sam Darnold's like, I don't want to lose. Like, what, so they can just, you know, I can get traded. I'm going to get traded, you know? So he doesn't want to lose. And other players are playing for themselves, right? The, the draft pick of the team isn't their concern. They're not even going to be there in a couple of years. So, you know, their concern is about playing well so they get a contract somewhere else so they get to stay on the team uh, that they're on. So the way to tank, because the players will never tank. And you saw it last year with the Dolphins. Remember the Dolphins tried to tank and it didn't work out. The players were good. <laughs> and they realized, all right, we can't tank. It's not working out. What you need to do is you need to sabotage the team all the time if you're the GM, right? You need to say, well, listen, we want to start this guy at QB. We want to... And the Jags keep changing their lineup every week, basically, like trying to lose. They're like, all right, this guy's almost looking too good at quarterback. Let's sit him down uh, right now and let's get Minshew back in here, right? Like they're, they're deliberately doing this. The Jets, on the other hand, for the love of God, if you're the Jets, like you can't blow Trevor Lawrence, bro. And they're on the verge of blowing Trevor Lawrence here. Yeah, here they are now. Of course, Jacksonville now with the, the inside track for the number one overall seed. Yeah, I mean, they both moves feels- out. Hubba Bano, Jacksonville gets the pick. Yeah. <laughs> And, and I think there's a greater separation between Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields now compared to prior to yesterday when yep. we're seeing Justin Fields really make some mistakes, some throws that he shouldn't have made in the Big Ten championship game against Northwestern uh, early in that game. Now, granted, he's got all the talent in the world, the arm ability, the dual threat capability, the running style that a lot of quarterbacks now have in the NFL. But, you know, the more you see Justin Fields, he's had more and more, especially when he played Indiana, he played Northwestern. You're seeing him make more bad throws, make more bad decisions in the pocket. And you worry that you're maybe not going to get that quite as much from Trevor Lawrence. So I think there might be a little bit of a separation here. Look, for the Rams, let's not kid ourselves about what happened with the Jets today. It's not necessarily they played great. The Rams were fast asleep in the first half. I mean, their defense was just leaving receivers wide open. There was no pass rush. It's almost like they stepped onto the field and assumed a victory. And sometimes you don't get away with doing that uh, in the National Football League. However, looking ahead, Gabe, to next week, and I always like to do that, the Rams are playing Seattle. They're off this, you know, really bad, ugly-looking loss to the previously winless New York Jets. You watch next week against Seattle. Sean McVay and that Rams team will be ready to go. Uh, against Seattle and I think they'll be in a good bounce back bet on spot they haven't lost two games in a row yet this season they'll be a much better football team next week yeah, you know the biggest surprise and we've debated Jared Goff a lot and I've had Jared Goff's back um, in the past yet it really it, you know what it came down to as you stated was the Jets just controlled the line of scrimmage and the Jets the Jets just kept getting first downs Babano, and like they they had the ball all night like, the Jets just had the ball all day. And as you stated, the Rams clearly, clearly did not take the Jets seriously. 
you could tell early uh, that they just, you yep. know, they were they looked surprised. They weren't ready to play. Um, you know, there was the longer layoff. Of course, they played against the Patriots on the Thursday nighter. Yet still, no excuses. That's a horrible loss. Um, but as you stated as well, it's kind of a wake-up call. It's not the end of the world for them. It's a wake-up call. Yet it really is disastrous if you're the New York Jets. Like, hardcore Jet fans, this is the last thing they wanted. It's the last thing that they wanted. They're just going to hate Adam Gase, like, on the way out. You know, the Jets, two guys, have scored on eight straight opening possessions. Pretty crazy, huh, Babano? Eight straight games the Jets have scored on their first possession. <laughs> they've been a, they've been an over the total like Jets like over their point total in the first quarter this season. I know some people have been betting that, and it's really and they yeah. keep betting it because it's been cashing yeah. almost every week. They almost have to give credit to Gase for that because that's scripted, right? So the scripted drive has worked every time essentially. Not eight touchdowns, but they've scored eight straight games, and they did today. They marched right down yeah. the field uh, and they punch it in the end zone. Another thing with Bad there's always these sort of, you know, trends and facts that, you know, at the end of the year, we're like, oh, God, we should have just bet that every game all the time. But it's pretty crazy, man, with Tannehill and the Tennessee Titans, how they're an over machine. Yep. Uh, and thankfully, I picked up on it. I think every week on these NFL previews, I'm talking about Tennessee over, Tennessee over, Tennessee over. I don't think there's one Titans game I break down anymore uh, on a show where I'm talking about, oh, you should bet, consider at least Tennessee over the total. Uh, but I believe the run now is 19-4 and four to the over since no, 10. More since than that. 10 no, more, no, than, more that. than that. Yeah, yeah. It's like uh, we're up to, Babeno, we're up to about 25-5 and five now. 24 and 5, 25 and 5, yeah. yeah. From Mariota. Yeah, yeah, and it goes to show he's given them the passing game. He's able to make plays. They have Derrick Henry. They'll always rely on Henry. They'll always rely on the run to set up the pass for Tannehill. But Mariota was not filling his end of the bargain with the pass. The passing game was not clicking for him in Tennessee. Maybe it will in Las Vegas because I'll give him credit. He looked pretty good against the Chargers the other night, but it wasn't working for him uh, in Tennessee for Tannehill, it is, and they've got a lot of weapons, Gabe. They really do. A.J. Brown, Corey Davis. I'm impressed with that receiving core. Uh, that's a really good offense. If they can get some semblance of defense, and that's where my worry is still with them. The Lions went up and down the field against them today. Yep, I'm still yep. worried about that defense, but offensively, they're as good as any team. They're 5-1 and one to the over in their last six games now, uh, the Titans. But as you stated, the Titans don't pressure the quarterback, Babano. Right, they get no pressure at all. So not just no sacks. They don't get hurries, knockdowns, etc. So quarterbacks have a lot of time back there. It is difficult for their secondary to cover people for that long, right? Like you know, people look at you look at Tennessee and you wonder about their secondary, but they really are put in a bad spot. It's sort of similar to Seattle, right? And you know, Washington couldn't expose it really, but Seattle don't get to the quarterback, and then teams are able to throw uh, on them. But you know, to, you look at you look at the Tennessee Titans, and they're a tough deal, tough team to deal with, Babano, because they got Derrick Henry. They can play smash mouth on you once they get up on you, and they do score, as you stated. They've got good skill position players. Their play calling is good. They're very efficient offensively. The Titans. They're an efficient team. Oh, they get in the red zone. They rarely settle for field goals. They're very good at finishing drives when they get inside the twenty. They've been good at that all year. And when you're balanced and you can run the football and you can throw off the run. Um, that's why you can finish drives with touchdowns and not have to settle. You're not one-dimensional, and that goes a long way. I got to give, by the way, speaking of that Lions-Titans game, I got to give Matt Stafford credit. Look, 
I, he had the rib injury last week in the game against Green Bay. He suffered it last week. He's been really hurting all week. He insisted on playing. He felt he was good enough to go. He let Bevel know he was good enough to go. And he's battling out there for a team that's, again, having a tough season, not going to be in the playoffs, fired their head coach. Here's Stafford week in and week out, taking a pounding, and still, even without Galladay again today at receiver, still finding ways to move the football for the Lions and giving it 100% every week. So tip of the cap to Stafford. He's, he's, a, he's a battler, and I'm impressed with what the, uh, the guts I've seen out of him in recent weeks. That's a very good point. You know, you say what you will. You know, you look at Matt Stafford, you look at his record and his career, but he's been pretty reliable. He shows up every Sunday. He plays through pain as well, you know, when there's really no need to even. Like, he's, you know, he definitely is a gamer. They've got heart. And, you know, Bevel's not a bad coach, but he's not going to be the coach. They've got to get the right guy in there. But I'm telling you, there's been a lot of talk about Stafford, and we're going to take a quick break here, but there's been a lot of talk about Stafford not being in Detroit next year. And San Francisco is a team uh, that they're talking about uh, in connection to Matt Stafford. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Working hard 24 hours a day to give you your USRDA of the winning edge. Everything a growing boy needs. Sit up straight. Get it right here on the Sports Grid Radio Network. Late night anger management class continues. I am Gabriel Morenci. We're throwing it down with Ian Cameron. Bob Bano. We're talking uh, football. We'll get into the college uh, grid. But we do have another NFL game left this week. Kind of anticlimactic, isn't it, uh, Babano? It's too bad uh, that this late in the season we have to watch a Cincinnati Bengal-Pittsburgh Steeler game. And truth be told, I get it. I mean, yeah, Joe Burrow was supposed to be playing, yet did they really think the Cincinnati Bengals were going to be good at this time of the year, Babano? Even though Joe Burrow was healthy, they'd still be not a good football team right now. Yeah, it drives me crazy. I mean, I love watching these exciting uh, primetime games and teams, you know, good teams, and now we got to deal with this. But, hey, it is what it is. We've got a bunch of bowl games, too. But what's your take on the Monday nighter? My take is, uh, and I don't do this very often, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have a bet on Pittsburgh here laying the points. I think it's a get-well spot. I think it's a matchup that works extremely well for them. As soon as I said Ryan Finley is the, as soon as I saw that Ryan Finley was the quarterback in this game, I said, sign me up on Pittsburgh. Because you've got a quarterback that is just not shown at any point that he's ready to be an NFL starting quarterback behind a pathetic offensive line that's going up against still one of the best defensive fronts in the NFL. I know the Steelers have taken a hit at linebacker. They've had cluster injuries at that spot. But their defensive front with Cameron Hayward and company is still intact. And they are going to probably maul the Cincinnati offensive line, Gabe, every bit the way they did in the first meeting against Cincinnati. If you remember in Pittsburgh earlier this year, 36-10, to 10, Burrow was just under constant pressure in that game. And he's a mobile quarterback. And he still didn't get any sort of a moment or time in the pocket to throw the football. It's going to be trouble for Ryan Finley. I think from a props, I think it gets ugly. It gets away from the Bengals a little bit. I don't trust their offense to do much of anything uh, in this game. I know the Steelers offense has been certainly uh, regressed the last few weeks against Washington and Buffalo. The Cincinnati's defense is a huge step down in class from those two teams. I think Big Ben can get the passing game 
reignited again. Maybe for the first time in weeks, if not the entire season, the Steelers can maybe run the football with a little bit of success. If they're going to do it against anybody, it'll be against the Bengals. I didn't mind laying the points here. I think it's going to get ugly. I think from a props standpoint, Morency, I think you can look at a defensive or special teams touchdown in this game. You could easily see some fumble, sack fumble from Finley or a pick six happen in this game. That makes sense to me. I think rushing props for Bengal running backs to keep the ball out of Finley's hands uh, makes some sense as well in this game. So those are things I'm targets. Total sacks. Certainly this game stands out as a game where the total sacks prop could certainly hit in terms of the over. So uh, that's what I'm looking at for props as well. You look at the Pittsburgh Steelers, and as as Babano mentioned, the this is a get well. This is like a holiday greetings card. You know, hope you feel better, get well, right? You get you get the Bengals uh, here, and you know you look at Pittsburgh. They only scored 15 points against the Buffalo Bills, 17 against Washington, 19 against Baltimore. So they've got to get their offense on track, and defensively they should shut the Bengals down as well. Finley is terrible, and historically, they have beaten them down. Look, they played earlier this year, and, and Cincinnati had Joe Burrow, Babano, and it was a 36-10 final score. Yeah, that was what, that was the game I was referencing. 36-10, a 26-point victory uh, for the uh, Pittsburgh Steelers. Really non-competitive. They ran away and hid from the Bengals in that game, and that was with Joe Burrow. And now, So that's why when you think of that game, you think of the Bengals losing ugly to the Dallas Cowboys last week at home. Now, granted, Dallas did get a victory today again, but still, just a really bad performance. I've seen really no evidence of them getting any solid quarterback play, and Brandon Allen wasn't really that great either. I think Finley's actually the worst of the two. So I think it does set up for the Steelers to win this game. 17, 21 points. I think they can get that kind of margin. Ian Cameron. Bob Bano throwing it down with us. All right, Bob Bano. So college football playoffs. Uh, have been announced and uh, the point spreads have been posted. FanDuel, Alabama minus 19 and a half against Notre Dame. Total is 65 and a half. And Clemson minus seven and a half against Ohio State. Total 65 and a half as well. So both games have the identical total of 65 and a half, although the point spreads are vastly different. Speaking of anticlimactic, Listen, I thought Notre Dame could make a game of it this week against uh, Clemson, and I was wrong. And I get why Notre Dame are in the Final Four here, Babano. So I'm not you know, going to stand on rooftops and scream like this is an outrage that Notre Dame made it. Because if you look at the body of work, I get it. But at the same point in time, it's hard to convince ourselves they're going to be in this football game, isn't it? I mean, there were some 17 and a halfs out there earlier, and it's it's been bumped up to 19 and a half uh, right now. Really hard to talk ourselves into Notre Dame having a chance here. It, it is difficult. And for the people that keep saying, put a Cincinnati, put a Texas A&M, put some other team instead of Notre Dame in, in the fourth spot, the, the argument is we just saw Notre Dame get their teeth kicked in by Clemson. Not saying Cincinnati or another team wouldn't get beaten and destroyed by Clemson or an Alabama, but can we at least see the game on the field? Can we see yeah, it, give, yeah. give it a shot? You know, give them a chance at least? Because it's not like Notre Dame stepped up very well against Clemson. But I'm not at all shocked that the uh, committee ended up going with what they did uh, with these two matchups and these top four teams. And I'm I'm looking at the favorites, unfortunately. I'm going to be very boring here and say I could probably only look at the favorites. I'm not liking what I saw out of Ohio State. Now, granted, Northwestern's a tough team. But you're supposed to have advantages there. And you just made a ton of mistakes. And you were never really able to uh, put that game away fully. 
against a Northwestern team that's not going to have the kind of speed on either side of the football that Clemson is going to bring uh, in that particular uh, matchup there. And something that also concerns me, Gabe, is I, this Dabo Swinney track record in postseason play is very real, yeah. and it's tough to bet time against. To prepare. Dabo Swinney is now, after the Notre Dame win, his Clemson team is now 15-3 and three straight up and against the spread. That's 15-3 and three straight up and against the spread in ACC title games, playoff games, and bowl games combined since he's been there. That's tough to go against that track record with a coach that has consistently gotten that performance in the big spots out of his Clemson teams. And I think they're better than Ohio State. So I'll tell you right now, I'm leaning Tigers. And I'll tell you one thing, too. Clemson, you know, the kid quarterback played well. The freshman played well at South Bend when Clemson played Notre Dame and they lost in overtime. But people don't realize Clemson were without a couple of defensive starters, too, that night. Like, they, they were pretty four beat up. To be, yeah. to be uh, exactly. Four starters. That's a lot of them. Yep. Yeah, that's a lot. Four guys. And it's still game still went to overtime, right? And, you know, and then, like, it wasn't like Clemson got blown out. It went to overtime. And, in fact, Clemson had a late lead. That wasn't the kids' fault. Remember, Clemson took, like, a seven-point lead with a couple of minutes left, and Book actually marched down the field. But Clemson have definitely dialed it up a notch. Interesting dynamic with these games, too, Babano. Normally, there's a longer layoff, right, in between the, the conference championship games and the playoffs. Right, and teams have more time to prepare, get healthier. It's a pretty pretty quick turnaround. We're talking about two weeks here, right? Like, so they don't have a ton of time to get ready. It just seems like, you know, we. I tried to talk myself, oh, Notre Dame this and that, but every time, guys, they're in one of these games, they end up just getting run off the field. Uh, so it's hard to get excited about this. Yet you look, listen, Florida gave Alabama all they can handle, but I don't know if if Notre Dame have the athleticism that Florida do. So it's just a different matchup. So we'll have time to break down those games. Uh, Ian Cameron kick it with us on Sports Rage late night. I am Gabriel Morenci. Uh, but bowl season set to kick off here at Babano with the Myrtle Beach Bowl, which I believe this is the inaugural uh, Myrtle Beach uh, Bowl. Um, interesting matchup, strange matchup uh, with App State taking on North Texas. What's your opinion on this game, uh, Babano? And I can tell you, that bowl games don't normally have this big of spreads. We have to go back to um, to 2017. It's the biggest point spread in a bowl game since 2017 in the Boca Raton Bowl when Akron uh, were getting a boatload of points against uh, FAU. So now, I mean, we're talking about uh, a clean three touchdowns here now. 21 and a half points, App State are favored. And Babano, so going back to 1990, Going back to 1990, there's been 19 bowl games in which the point spread has been 16 or more points. The underdogs are 14 and 5 against the spread. This is an interesting one, really is. For App State, it's about mentality. Really it is, because this is the first time in years they haven't won the Sun Belt, nor were in the Sun Belt championship game. Yeah. So now, how excited are you for the Myrtle Beach Bowl here in Conway, South Carolina? That, that remains the question. Matchup-wise, it is good for App State because they're very good in terms of being a balanced offense. They're a very good run team, 254 or 244 yards per game on the ground, 5.3 yards per carry. And North Texas is a hideous run defense. They're allowing 5.5 yards per carry. That's atrocious. And North Texas's defense is terrible as it is. They gave up 43 points to UTEP in their final regular season game. UTEP's offense has been uh, dismal. It's been dormant, stagnant all year, and they got to 43 uh, against this North Texas team. 
uh, in the last regular season game. So I got to believe App State's going to have offensive success. Are they going to show it on defense? That's the question mark here. Um, I, I, North Texas' defenses, I'd like to take these points with North Texas because I don't know how fired up App State's going to be. I've not read anything, Gabe, that tells me they're excited. App yeah. State, but their defense is just so atrocious. And Latrell is 0-3 in bowl games. He's been one yeah. of those coaches that hasn't done well here uh, for North Texas. That I'm reluctant to take North Texas. I will take a piece of the over, though. Because I think App State can do what they want offensively. And North Texas, Austin Ani at the quarterback spot, he's played pretty good since he's uh, taken over as the quarterback. They got 45 points. They scored a lot in Louisiana Tech as well. I'm hoping they can get on the scoreboard a bit. So the over is something I might get involved with here in this game. Yeah, the thing is, guys, this is not even like a good North Texas team. They're four and five, right? Like these bowls, like they're taking anybody. Like they don't have enough teams almost to play in these bowl games. So North Texas is in at four and five. It's a weird matchup. Not like the schools, but just the records. It doesn't fit. You know, App State eight and three. One thing, guys, though, um, App State have been money burners. They've only, they're two and eight against the spread in their last 10 games. Uh, but North Texas are money burners too. In, in a lot of points. Not much better. Yeah, they're three and six. So yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no. Exactly. Exactly. A lot, a lot of points. A lot of points to be getting. All right, Papano. We've got two minutes, man. Time just flew by here uh, tonight. With you, we've got two minutes. So, uh, what do you make of the Potato Bowl, Tulane and Nevada, with uh, Tulane being field goal favorites? And then we got a good one. I'd say the first really cool bowl game Tuesday night with Central Florida and BYU. What do you? We got two minutes. So quick. What are your takes on those games? Nevada's interesting. Nevada, I've got signs and just just things I saw after they lost to San Jose State, which obviously cost them a chance to play for the Mountain West title. I saw players hanging their heads going off the field. And I just made a mental note of that because that's what's making me reluctant to back them here against Tulane. I don't know. It's not like famous Idaho Potato Bowl is exciting for Nevada. They play yeah. Boise every year in the Mountain West, and every other year they got to go to Boise to play there for a road game. So I don't know how excited they are. The Tulane might be the side worth looking at. It, I, I don't, I don't want to say Nevada is going to be a no-show because they've had a good season. Maybe they want to end it with a bull win, but the way they walked off the field against San Jose State, they're just hanging their heads look made me think they may not be ready or want to play this bowl game so and Tulane's really good if they're not ready to play Tulane's a pretty good football team and that freshman quarterback's gotten better so I'll lean a little to Tulane there as far as UCF BYU I think Central Florida could win that game the UCF plus the points I mean BYU you know not quite the same since the loss to Coastal I think Central plus the points and over the total I'd go with that in that bowl game yeah, they've got the team speed. There's going to be some points in that BYU game. That's going to be a track meet. That, that game's going to be a track meet. It's going to be a fun game. The total is 71 and a half right now, guys. But don't be scared by the number. Uh, BYU will go up and down the field uh, on Central Florida. But Central Florida, will they have the athletes to play uh, with BYU. It's going to be a fun game. We'll speak to Ian Cameron on Wednesday night with the raging redhead Cam Stewart. Babano. Thanks, Babano. Thanks, Gabe. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. It's
It's not your wife. It's not your kids. It's not your neighbor. And it sure isn't your boss. Only we understand you. We are your friends. You're listening to The Winning Edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. Thanks, Ian Cameron, for joining us. We'll have a complete breakdown of Monday Night Football on Game Time Decisions. 6 o'clock Eastern on uh, many of these same radio stations. And shout out to all of our radio affiliates, including the mightier 1090 SoCal in the house. Disappointed that uh, USC couldn't get it done uh, the other night. We went back to the well one too many times. That's like I said, you, you don't rob, you know, if you're going to rob a bank and you get away with it, you don't go back to the same bank, you know, five times like we did with the Trojans. Uh, we went back one too many times. Losing their wide receiver didn't help. Um, you know, we had a good uh, we had a good day, though, uh, today in the National Football League. And now, you know, we got one more game tomorrow. We'll break it down uh, entirely tomorrow with Cam and company on game time decisions. Six o'clock Eastern. The Steelers lay 14 and a half. The total is only 40. Wow. Low total. So it's uh, 14 and a half and 40 uh, right now. But bowl season starts Monday afternoon. And. You know, to say this is a good game or a big game would be lying. App State are 21 and a half point favorites. And in fact, it's one of the biggest bowl spreads in like ever type of thing. Bowl games are supposed to be competitive, right? They're supposed to be evenly matched. Um, App State is a much better team than North Texas. And like, this isn't a good North Texas team either. Not like, well, it's North Texas. You don't really know about them and they're, they're good. They're not good. Uh, we've watched a lot of North Texas play this year, and this is not a good North Texas team. Their defense is terrible, and their offense isn't great, quite frankly. Um, they're supposed to be good offensively. App State can name their score. It's a motivation factor. One thing that we will tell you, and listen, we're going to take the over in this game, all right? We'll take the over 65 and a half, but uh, I've been betting on sports a long time, and the toughest thing to bet on in sports are college football bowl games. It's the most erratic thing in sports, man. Uh, that in NBA preseason. <laughs> but fortunately, the NBA regular season is here. So, you know, don't go crazy on some of these early college bowl games. You'll have your spots. There'll be some opportunities. But it's really tricky. Motivation is key. We'll take the over. North Texas App State. Other than that, you're on your own. Later. Later. 